This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like this. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We're marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 541. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. Chris is not here. Follow him on Twitter at Chris Sweendog. Joined here by Dave. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at DavidPTDPT. Collectively, you can follow us on Twitter at Marking Out, on YouTube and Instagram, Marking Out 11. Check us out, Facebook.com slash Marking Out, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out. We have a brand new design. Summer is literally coming up. By the time you hear this, it might even be summer. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out right now. Pick up the newest design. Looks super cool for the summer. Have everybody compliment you. You can also use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping over at manscaped.com. Check us out, twitch.tv slash out, And collectively on iTunes, uh, Apple Music, sorry, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, not Apple Music. We're not there yet. But uh, <laughs> you can also check us out on markingout.com. And like I said before, I'm joined by Dave. Dave, how you doing? Yo, yo, yo. I am doing awesome, and I am so uh, so happy to be recording, you know? I feel like once we start recording in the middle of the week, the next, the rest of the week just doesn't exist. It just goes by quick. You say that but on a weekly everything basis is going right great. now, though. Yeah, it's just, I, I love it. I love it. How about you? Well, I am doing awesome as always. Awesome. How was your week? What did you do this week? <laughs> Jinx. Well, I made uh, I made a pizza. I thought the the dough was terrible, but I thought the sauce I made mixed very well with the cheese. And then I had uh, this garlic dough that I made like a garlic flatbread gimmick with cheese on it, which was much better cold than it was hot. And then to enhance that, I just made caramelized onions and put that on top of that. So that was like peak for that flatbread gimmick, I guess. And then I made spaghetti alio e olio. Ever heard of that? Alio, no, no, not at all. It is another language for garlic and oil. <laughs> Italian for garlic and oil. So it was delicious, oh. I thought. And uh, it was just garlic, oil, breadcrumbs, parsley, salt and pepper, Parmesan cheese, and some lemon juice. Wow. That's, uh, that's very, it, yeah. Very interesting. What about your week? Very cool. Uh, not too much, not too much, you know. Not too much at all, but definitely uh, excited to talk about some wrestling. You know, a lot took place this week so far. Well, we could talk about, uh, before we even talk about something that I think might be construed as negative, I think we should talk about something positive. 
AEW announced Dynamite Grand Slam on September 22nd at Arthur Ashe Stadium in Flushing, Queens, New York, where um, they're at the Prudential Center the week before, which was supposed to be back in March 2020, hosting Blood and Guts, but COVID took that away from everybody. But I think it's pretty cool that AEW is in a venue like that where I would say it's probably a lot cheaper than Madison Square Garden or Barclays Center. I definitely would have preferred going to MSG or Barclays just because I hate taking the train to City Field, which is right Meh. there. I mean, how many, you've taken the train to City Field, right? Mm-hmm. Is it not a pain in the Meh. ass or what? It is. It's It's really... Not fun to have to take the train to Jamaica and then backtrack. Yeah, and you got to pay peak hours and everything, which is stupid. Yeah, or I mean, it's, I, it's, there's you could take the seven train there also, but that's a crowded mess. Yeah, it's not ideal. The one time I went to that wrestling event at City Field, I had to leave before the show was over because Long Island Railroad was stopping train service, and I was not dealing with the seven train. Hmm. So I just think I think that's kind of a downfall uh, of that. Although there's people like praising how easy it is to get there. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as the event goes, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they would think about maybe doing this. But I think it'd be cool if they got Billie Jean King to come in for that episode. And announce like a women's championship match or something big for that episode of Dynamite. Like... Maybe Britt Baker defends the the title in the main event or something in like a huge match. I think mm-hmm. that'd be cool. And I say Billie Jean King because the complex is named after her. It's the USTA Billie Jean King Tennis Center. So, and that house is the Arthur Ashe Stadium and houses Louis Armstrong Stadium and Grandstand. So I just, I thought it'd be cool if, I mean, she's a, a pretty big legend and icon. Mm-hmm. I think that this was it's going to be a really cool event, um, and plus I'm like interested. Three thousand seats there. Yeah, I'm interested to see who actually shows up and who doesn't show up to this. You know, well, there's they, everyone on this promotional picture. The young bucks the said, "Man, the young bucks." Uh, their their Twitter bio was something about them. If New York City sells out because of us. And we decided to not go. That'd be the second time that's happened. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't see them not showing up, but it's. I think that's funny because, well, that's what happened with the G1 Supercard event. Mm-hmm. Where it basically, I think it kind of sold because of them, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega. Yeah. And then literally none of them were booked. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it should be a cool venue to see professional wrestling in uh especially because i mean you're the the venue is literally made to to watch center stage yeah i agree uh and then moving on past that in regards to aew a forbes article came out this week with a few misleading information topics uh which Typically, I wouldn't even feel the need to mention something like this. But there's a quote from Tony Khan that says, I'm glad that WCW failed because it created a vacancy for us to come in and and succeed. 
I think it's a stupid thing to say. Like, I get that WCW has been out of business for 20 years now, but it makes him happy to have seen people lose their jobs. I understand what he's saying. I mean, but also 20 years ago, what do you mean it left? Like, if anything, it would be uh, the the downfall-ish of Impact Wrestling that left it there for you. And let's not forget the downfall of Ring of Honor. Yeah, but Ring of Honor was not ever on the same level as TNA or Impact. Like, TNA at one point tried to go head-to-head with WWE. Mm-hmm. So I just yeah, figured I'd, I'd get your thoughts on that WCW failing quote. I don't know. The WC, I guess because it, he's trying to say that there's a lack of competition out there with the reduction of WCW. There was also but, another quote, by the way. Sorry to cut you off there. Mm-hmm. There was another quote in there where he said something like the rest, the current current wrestling is like booming or whatever, which just like factually is not correct. Yeah, that's definitely not true. Um, I mean, he's a he's a promoter too. He's going to try to sell his product, right? I mean, which I mean, don't yeah, don't dare don't stuff. dare have Triple H try to sell his product. Yeah, I mean, this guy is still a promoter. He's still yeah, he's owner, but he wants to try to make it as though his product is the product, and that everything is good and stuff like that. It's it's business. It's selling. Um, the WCW comment though. I get what he's trying to say. I understand what he's trying to say, but I don't know. Poor choice of wording, perhaps. Yeah. But the, the no, article does come with a is, what? I I don't even think it's poor taste of uh, wording or anything. I I don't see I any say poor problems. Taste, with, poor choice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think that it's a poor choice of wording or anything with the wording. I'm fine with the wording of it. I don't see any problem with it at all. I do get what he's trying to say. But the article does come with a giant group shot of the AEW roster, which I may or may not be in. And uh, Big Show. Yeah. I, Paul is it White. That they connect, <laughs> did they connect with you to be in that or no? I, I don't even know how I ended up in that photo. Because the, the, the Mark and Out shirt, the brand new one that's at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mark and Out, the one in that image is not even... One that's like a legit, it's completely photoshopped. That's not even a real shirt. That's, like, were you delivering something to the set and you just I wasn't stumbled even there. into the picture? They must have just found my image somewhere and put it in there. Really? They, it they looks made real. Me look like I'm buddy-buddy with Orange Cassidy, perhaps. That's, I, I mean, I could see you and Orange Cassidy really becoming good friends. I so just I could think, understand. I just think whoever did that photograph is just like a terrible person. Terrible. I hate that they added me into that. Yeah, I know. I know you hate people taking your image and putting it <laughs> in like places that it shouldn't be. Um, so I could definitely understand your frustration and annoyance with this, but and I think it's an outtake photograph. I don't even think it was used for the article. And that's just disrespectful. It made no sense. But uh, in the actual article, the, the the photograph, Big Show Paul White is wearing new wrestling gear. So that I thought that was interesting because we have not seen Paul White 
in the ring in AEW yet wrestling. Strictly commentary. Yeah, not yet. So I thought that was uh, interesting. But yeah. moving over to NXT. NXT TakeOver In Your House took place. A match that literally probably, I want to say at least 95% of the people watching TakeOver didn't see. Mm-hmm. Was Zoe Stark and Saray teaming up to take on and defeat the Robert Stone brand. I don't know why this wasn't aired on a kickoff show. I think I randomly happened to see it because uh, one of them tweeted about it. It was a WWE like Twitter exclusive or something. Or like a dot com exclusive sort of thing. I don't know why they wouldn't have had that on the actual kickoff show. Yeah. But the actual start of the event, we had Todd Pettingill and Doc Hendricks do voiceovers to start the, the show. We had a quote-unquote live performance from Naomi Fox, who did the 2021 In Your House theme song that I think is super cool. Was that uh, uh, performance necessary? I don't know. Uh, um, I think it's kind of like a throwback that maybe nobody would have known who she is. Wait, what do you mean? Is she... I don't think she's somebody. Yeah, no, she's not really an anybody. Well, I don't, but what do you mean a throwback? Well, I mean, to the In Your House theme. But I don't, I don't don't think that was, I mean, it doesn't sound, it's like a rap song. I don't think it's like a version of the old In Your House theme even. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But it was the the largest crowd in the, the Capitol Wrestling Center. And we had Todd Pettingill throughout the whole night hosting. So I thought that was, that was fun. And uh, yeah. the first match we saw I, I MSK I, and the, the facial Reed. hair that Todd, the facial hair that Todd Pennington's got going on, got to go. It's the same one that you have right now. So, is it? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Help me out next time you see me. Just sh- shave it off. Or yeah, I'm gonna hold you down. I'm gonna slap a guitar over your head and. <laughs> but uh, MSK and Bronson Reed successfully retained the Tag Team Championships and the North American Championship by defeating Legato Del Fantasma. I liked that Bronson Reed and MSK like had matching gear. Mm-hmm. And they came into this match with like tag team moves. And I thought that was cool. And yeah, we had a, I think uh, that the tag team moves was really really cool uh and necessary for this sort of a match. I want want to see that. I also I liked uh, Legato Del Fantasma's gear was super awesome as well. But I thought mm-hmm. a really nice callback to NXT the other week, we had Bronson Reed body Santos Escobar through the barricade. I thought that was really cool. It was a really good opening contest and uh yeah, all the champions retained. Next up, we saw Zia Lee pick up the victory over Mercedes Martinez. We saw Boa get in Mercedes Mercedes Martinez's way, but she still hit that back body drop onto Zia on the outside. And not much really happened in the match. Yeah, there's really not all that much to take away from this besides the end of the match. Yeah, afterwards, Zia Lee called for uh, a, a steel chair. She tried to use it, but Mercedes Martinez reversed it and used it herself on Boa. Uh, I believe she used it on Zia Lee. 
I yes, yeah, she did. She hit bullet and then she hit Zaya League in the ch- in the stomach with it. And then we saw Mei Ying get up, choke Mercedes Martinez. She tried to use the chair on Mei Ying, but Mei Ying got the upper hand and tossed her off. She the did stage. use the chair on her. She did. Yeah, I think she did hit her in the stomach with it. Oh, she did yeah, hit her in okay. the stomach with then it. Then she I think. got yeah. She then she got back up and choked her yeah, again. Yeah, I I didn't like this. Like, I would have rather Zia Lee have that victory. But then after that, that should have been it. There's no reason to. Well, it have... shows Mei Ying is the actual dominant. Yes, I get it. There as that well. Mei Ying. But why? Sh- why should Mercedes Martinez even get to go up against this uh, this character if she can't even get through Zia Lee? Well, right now Zia we Lee... don't know. We don't know if there's going to be a match with Mei Ying. Uh-huh. Not to jump ahead, but on NXT, Mercedes Martinez, she was watching what Tian Shah did to her. And she mentioned how her and Zia Lee are one and one. She did mention that she's going to knock Mei Ying out of her chair if uh if she tries to do anything, but they're one and uh, one. I'm right not now. Uh, Okay, so they're running one and one, but Zia Lee, I think, should be the one that comes out on top. Yeah, I don't build up well, Zia Lee. Yeah, I don't think uh, Mercedes Martinez needs to to come out on top like that. Not, not at all. Not at all. We but saw Tommaso Ciampa up- and Timothy Thatcher cut a promo on the Grizzled Young Veterans, which I thought was good hype for their Tornado Tag Match that took place on NXT TV. Uh, not- something that I really don't think we get on a Takeover, really. I don't think we ever get yeah, like you don't really have that for that week that promo, yeah aspect, but yeah I thought that it was a steady promo to lead into everything. Uh, next up, you had L.A. Knight pick up the victory over Cameron Grimes in a ladder match to become the new million dollar champion. Um, the title was kind of disappointed uh, that the title was in a clear briefcase that he picked up the box. victory. I thought it was a fun match though. And I don't yeah. think I don't think Cameron Grimes needs that title. I don't think so either. I don't know what L.A. Knight brings to the table right now. Well, that's why we have the Million Dollar Championship, and he's got. I mean, again, I'm not going to jump ahead, but we'll talk about it in a bit with NXT. But I mean, TV. what's what's that Million Dollar Championship really going to do for him? I I mean, it, right now it made him a pretty big heel. Yeah. The I match, guess. though, we saw Cameron Grimes get lifted off the ladder, land on on the bridge ladder outside the ring. And I, I feel like you and I should have seen L.A. Knight walking out of this as champion. I agree with you. It should have been something that we predicted. Also, Triple H said something prior to TakeOver that makes me believe that the championship being used is the original title. He could just be saying that for the selling of that. Yeah, but he, well, yes, he said, but he said something like, if we have the actual title, why not use it? So that made me think, like, that is the original title. I don't believe it. Well, after that, for the amount that they tout of how, of the wealth and stuff like that, I don't believe it. I think that the actual legit one is in that, in that, uh, the warehouse. 
yeah, the warehouse or in a vault, it's not around someone's waist. It's a replica. Well, for sure. But next up, you had Raquel de Gonzalez pick up the victory over Ember Moon to retain that championship. Another good match. Yeah, I'm very happy that Raquel Gonzalez picked up that victory because Raquel Gonzalez deserves that championship. She has been working hard. She is a, a force to be reckoned with on that roster. Well, I think it was... Uh, I, I didn't see Ember Moon walking out as champion. Uh-huh. But I liked... We saw Dakota Kai put Raquel's foot on the rope to break up the three count. Shotzi Blackheart makes her return. Comes down, beats up Dakota Kai. I liked uh, Ember Moon hitting that Tornado DDT off the top rope to the outside. But Raquel Gonzalez yeah. caught that second eclipse from Ember Moon and hit her powerbomb to pick up that victory. Yeah, that was that was really cool to see. Nice they reversal. announced on July 6th, WWE NXT Great American Bash returns live Tuesday night. And the logo has the Statue of Liberty crown on it, and it's giving me false hope, I bet. <laughs> I, th- I like, mean... You, like, you can't put the Statue of Liberty crown and not have it be in New York City. In my opinion. 7-6. And, I mean... You going? I mean, if it's in uh, Barclays or Madison Square Garden or something, I... I as cool as it would be to see in City Field, I hope it's not in City Field. <laughs> I want an indoor venue. I don't need summer heat. But yeah, uh, I totally understand that. I do hope, you know, but I really do hope that it's in like New York City. So I like it's been too long since I've seen wrestling live or anything live in general. But yeah, I hear you. Uh, next up, you had the main event of the evening. Karrion Cross picked up the victory over Johnny Gargano. Done. You got Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, baby. I think they, um, they packed a lot into this match, and I think everyone had their moment to shine. Yeah, there was no way that I I Cross was coming out of this. Yeah. I think my, my favorite know. spot in this match was when Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly... We're outside the ring, and Karrion Cross was on the the ring apron, and they oh, yeah, both looked bump. at each other. Yeah, they had like that mutual like we hate each other, but like should we? And then they like teamed up to power bomb Karrion Cross onto the commentary table. I really appreciated that they set aside their differences for my entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> you um, know, that but, was yeah, that was very kind of them to think of you like that. But at the end, when Kyle O'Reilly had Adam Cole locked in that submission, I I kind of thought we were going to see him win. And then Karrion Cross got in the ring and choked Kyle O'Reilly out. Kyle O'Reilly did not let go of Adam Cole. So I thought that ending was really good. Nah. And totally after that, we, we go backstage in a very, like, random thing because I feel like we wouldn't have this on a normal NXT takeover. It cuts to Mackenzie Mitchell interviewing William Regal afterwards. And he spoke about all the chaos throughout the night, which all the competitors from the main event were trying to fight each other throughout the whole night. 
and it ends with him saying he thinks that it's time for a change with a tear rolling down his face. Yeah, he was legit getting the waterworks. And then we move over to NXT. We're going to go back to Monday Night Raw in a moment. But it opens up with William Regal emotionally talking where it seemed like he was going to retire. But Karrion Cross cuts this off and said he wants William Regal to tell the people that he's leaving and never coming back. And just then, Samoa Joe makes his return to NXT. Comes out, Regal asked Huge him to be ovation. the new general manager. And Samoa Joe said no. I was like, I was kind of surprised that Samoa Joe said no. I was happy once he said no, because once he comes out, everybody's thinking that he's going to be the next GM. So once he turned that down, I, I was all ears. Yeah, I was very happy to see Samoa Joe turn that down as well, because I don't want William Regal to go away. No. But Samoa Joe pitched basically being an enforcer for William Regal. And Regal said he'll accept that if Samoa Joe accepts that he can't be a competitor or lay his hands on someone unless he's provoked. And then Samoa Joe accepted that. So Samoa Joe must still not be clear to compete in WWE. So this role as an enforcer, I think, will work really well for him. Hopefully, I I agree. I think the enforcer role, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get glimpses of him unintentionally getting hit and then him hitting someone. Well, we did see that throughout the night, so. Exactly. But the first first match of the evening, we saw Brizongo pick up the victory over Imperium. Quick, it was like a quick pin out of nowhere to get Brizongo the, the upper hand, but Imperium beat down Brizongo afterwards. I think this match maybe shouldn't have happened. Why? Uh, well, you know, I, the crowd was just uh, super dead for this. Mm-hmm. I think with that Samoa Joe announcement, they were too hyped up. They were just like... Super hyped up to the moon and then boom, fell flat. And well, to the I mean, point where it's like, what happens spot, after though? this match? Now Imperium and Brizongo are obviously going to wrestle again. Yeah, and but Imperium's going to get the spot? upper hand. You kind of had to. But we did see Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole fighting backstage. And William Regal sets up an, an, an unsanctioned match between the two of them at the Great American Bash and said that they get to pick their opponents for next week. Adam Cole pushes Samoa Joe and Joe locks him into the Coquina Clutch. So we did get glimpses of Samoa Joe asserting himself for William Regal. Yeah, which, is, which was nice to see him getting involved in that sort of a manner. Yeah. Also... I don't know if he's wearing the same suit he wore at WrestleMania. It would be kind of, to me, ironic. He got fired the next day, and now he's hired, and he's wearing the same suit. Oh, interesting. But uh, we saw a quick video clip of a battery being charged. It went from 10% to 11%, and then later on we saw it again. It went from 20% to 21%. And you would think that after so much time, it would at least be greater than 21%. 
But who is this for? The the Twitterverse went wild. I saw people were like, EC3, Tessa Blanchard, I'm throwing out Bo Dallas. I I don't know who, like, who could this be? Somebody brand new? I feel like it has to be somebody that we already have seen because it's like, it's charging or recharging. Huh. So I don't even, I don't know. I don't know. There's nobody that could like come to mind to me. Who? Mojo. I don't know. He lost his hype, so he's recharging. I mean, I'm like, I mean, I think that I've been seeing the Diamond Club or Diamond Mine being related to Blanchard. Oh. But I mean, I haven't really been seeing too many rumors with that either. Well, with this recharging, I don't know. Maybe it's um. Oh, I forgot who I was gonna say. The name just went out of my head. Yeah, that happens with old age. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I said Bo Dallas EC3. What if it's like a? I don't think it is, but like Leo Kruger, that'd be cool. Huh. Definitely not Leo Kruger, but it yeah, would be cool. Definitely. Yeah. But uh, after that, we saw Santos Escobar speak about In Your House and Bronson Reed. And he said that he's coming for the North American Championship and he wants a one-on-one match against Bronson Reed. So I'm I'm assuming we'll, we're likely to see that. Yeah, I think that's going to be upcoming very soon. Next we up, s- you had Kushida have his little open challenge. And Trey Baxter, formerly known as uh, Blake Christian, took up that challenge and Kushida coming out as the victor. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly came out to watch this and I'm like, yo, is he about to pick Trey Baxter for his match next week? But I was also maybe also kind of hoping for Kushida, but uh, I thought this was a great debut match for Trey Baxter. I think he's so talented and we got a very nice match out of it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not familiar with him at all. But this was a good introduction to him for me. We saw Trey Baxter get beat up by Sami Zayn. Um, he was one of the, the the rogue documentarian that was following Sami Zayn. Uh-huh. But storyline-wise, we don't know that was Trey Baxter, Baxter I guess. Yeah. No, because why, it wasn't. Why, it was obviously extra talent. So Yeah, why would point. that be? Yeah, that wouldn't be related. I actually thought that uh, O'Reilly was going to attack him after yeah, the no, match. He showed, where... he showed mutual respect for both of them. And Kyle O'Reilly chose Kushida as his opponent next week. So that should be an yeah. awesome match. I feel like we've seen, we've probably seen them wrestle before. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. I don't, I mean, perhaps in... In NXT, uh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. But Frankie Monet, though. Yeah, we did see Kyle O'Reilly. That gauntlet eliminator match. I don't know if they had a match together, but we did see. That's a live event, live event. We have seen Kyle O'Reilly outside of NXT face Kushida. Uh-huh. In Japan, specifically. A lot. So that should be cool. But Frankie Monet announced that she's going to be wrestling next week. I don't know if she called it a re-debut or a re-premiere. Is that a thing? A 
not really premiere. But she saw the Robert Stone brand, and she was saying how she thought that they had a uh, that they would have won the match at Takeover had Robert Stone not gotten involved. And then he showed up, and she kind of like threw them under the bus and said that they should listen to him more. So next week, I'm I can only imagine that Frankie Monet is going to be facing Aaliyah or Jesse Kamea. That would be a nice little uh, little spotlight to have Frankie Monet pick up the victory. Yeah, we had uh, the million dollar championship celebration where L.A. Knight gave this heartfelt speech to Ted DiBiase. He had Ted DiBiase crown him as the million dollar champion. And he's like, I have everything that I want. Now it's time to drop what I don't need. And he drops DiBiase. Fantastic heel heat. Cameron Grimes makes the save. Ted DiBiase taking a flat back bump. I thought that was incredible. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah, I, I'm happy that Grimes ran out, out there pretty quick. He made the save on DiBiase. And I guess now we're going to see Grimes and DiBiase as a pair. Dude, if DiBiase bump like that, I'm like, I'm wondering, could he still wrestle? I hope not. <laughs> Why not? I hope not. Why not? Dude. I don't want to see dude. that. Leave that to the video games, my friend. Leave dude. that to the video games. Dude. What if we see Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase team up at like the next big event to take on L.A. Knight and Virgil? Book it, brother. Come on. If I If I knew that you were straight edge i would be like what kind of drugs are you taking straight edge what are you talking about uh, i mean i don't enough. drink and i don't smoke but <laughs> and i am better than you but <laughs> yeah but i'm certainly not straight edge but uh but uh, i don't know i you know what man nostalgia kicks in and i wasn't even around that generation nah. but nostalgia kicks in I think it'd be cool. But uh, obviously with the, the brunt of the, the match going to DB, uh, to DiBiase, <laughs> to Cameron Grimes and LA Knight. But uh, next up you had Kyan Gonzalez pick up the victory over Caden Carter and Casey Cannizzaro. It was a fun quick pace match from uh, Casey and Caden. I like that, uh, that yeah. drop kick splash combo that Caden did to... Raquel Gonzalez in the corner and then dropped down onto Dakota Kai. And, yeah, it's uh, only a matter of time till we get Kai versus Gonzalez for the championship. And then I believe, I think that the person that's going to dethrone Gonzalez is going to be Kai. Um, mm, no, because I feel like that would then make her. So. First of all, in regards to the match, I don't, I didn't think that Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez were going to lose. But it was still like a fun match to watch. Now going back to that loading, that battery charging. This isn't the name I was going to say before, but Tegan Knox has to be somewhere along the, the, the way to returning. Mm-hmm. So... If she is the next challenger, 
she could be the one that dethrones Raquel Gonzalez and then goes on to somehow feud with Dakota Kai over the championship. That could be an interesting way to go about it. Because I that, think that would, I feel, that would be unfinished. Good. I think that would be good. So, I would like to see that. Mm-hmm. After that, we saw... I agree. They I would showed... What? I would like to see that, too. So, they showed a clip from the pre-pre-show of NXT TakeOver in your house of Hit Row destroying Everrise's set. <sighs> and they cut a promo, maybe kind of laying out a challenge to Hit Row. So I assume they're getting destroyed next week on NXT. Um, and then we had Io Shirai come to the ring to announce who her next target was. But Candice LeRae came out before she could announce that. Indy Hartwell attacked Io from behind. Candice LeRae, of course, joins in. And Zoe Stark ran down to make the save. Zoe Stark on her ever... Um, Shifting partners, I guess next week we're probably going to see Zoe Stark and Io Shirai versus The Way. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, when Zoe Stark showed up and they they were kind of like a far-off camera view, I kind of thought it was Caitlyn at first. But uh, hmm. it was not. After that, we had another Diamond Mine promo and, or vignette saying next week. Diamond Mine opens next week. I think it's cool that we don't really know who is part of this. There's no real... I mean, I haven't even seen too many rumors. Perhaps we'll see Rick Steiner's son part of Diamond Mine? Why? I don't know. He's just a new signee that perhaps we'll see him. He's a big guy. He looks like he could be in an MMA-style group. Who's the guy that I was really impressed with? Um, Oh, the Beverly Brothers. Cal. Blue. Yeah, he's still with the company, right? Yeah. I think that maybe what was it if it's one of him? could be him. Cal Bloom could be That'd in be that cool. as well, yeah. Where where the hell are you seeing Cal Bloom though? Was he on underground? <laughs> where it may have been underground. It may have been I don't even know if he was on underground. That's perhaps, but I forgot. He was on one one of the things as an extra, but he had a great a great look to him. You know? Yeah, and he's a bigger guy, too, I believe. Exactly. Exactly. After that, we saw Mackenzie Mitchell try to get a word with William Regal and Samoa Joe, but it was very, very weird and oddly cut off. And she tried to again after the commercial break, which again gets cut off by the way. And Samoa Joe basically yelling. Johnny Gargano, I thought, was hilarious in the segment coming into the, the office chanting Joe. Which uh, I thought that was funny. But Samoa Joe tells him to get out. Kind of maybe yells at him to get out. Pete Dunne shows up. And they just stare back and forth at each other. So there's like teasing for a match with Samoa Joe throughout that whole night. I don't necessarily think we're going to see that. But man did they set a bunch of matches up for Samoa Joe. I mean, if they ever want to pull the trigger on something, it's always going to be there. Yeah. And uh, then the main event, we saw Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa team up 
and defeat the Grizzled Young Veterans in a Tornado Tag match, which is a match that I thought, not thought, wish would have taken place at TakeOver. I wish we didn't have commercial breaks during this. It was a good, hard-hitting match. Champa at one point accidentally kicked Timothy Thatcher, but that did not even tie into the match. It had zero effect. We had that air raid crash from the middle rope that Champa did. He hit that air raid crash again to Zach Gibson on the, the commentary table. And then they they hit a double team fairy tale ending, followed up with an arm bar and an ankle lock to, to pick up the victory. Yeah. It'd be and nice I, I like that entire kick in of the tag team partner and then it not really playing a factor. Yeah. I think it'd be nice to see Grizzled Young Veterans win, but I don't mm-hmm. mind the outcome of this. Grizzled Young Vets, it it sucks. You know they. I think that it, I think that they put on some of the greatest promos on NXT right now. I mean, and they, they also have the greatest tag team matches right yeah, now. Yeah, I think on NXT they're, that, they're a fantastic potentially team. in the. Potentially in the WWE right now, they're putting on the best uh, in-ring performance of a tag team. Yeah. Yet, they're not. They're getting the chances, but they're not being given that opportunity to actually win the match. It would have been fantastic to have seen Grizzled Young Veterans take on. Um, oh my God, I can only think of FTR right now. What is their name? Now I'm only thinking of the mechanics. What What the hell was their name in WWE? Scott Dawson. Oh. The Revival. Uh, the Revival. My goodness. It sucks to get all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The Revival. We've seen, it's not like we haven't seen James Drake and Zach Gibson pick up victories in NXT, but I want like bigger matches where they pick up the victory. Like they won they're, their match last to... week, but it was against no offense to Ikeman and August Gray. But it's people who have been on 205 Live and mostly 205 Live. Yeah, they need actual bigger wins. Their last, I mean, we saw them April. They picked up a victory over Brizongo. Mm-hmm. But I want, I, I, they really should be tag team champions in NXT. They should. They should. Not saying but... MSK shouldn't be, but... At some point, no. they should have already but, have been tat. I just like yeah, Forgotten for Son sure. should have been. Yeah, but I Mackenzie totally Mitchell interviewed William Regal and Samoa Joe again after NXT was over, basically just to think to say that uh, things will be very different around NXT from now on. And when William Regal got into his car, I swear to God, I thought it was going to blow up. <laughs> I swear to God, like I had that gut feeling. I was like, oh no, they're going to do it. But it just ended. That so. would be, yeah, that would be something else. But yeah, so that was NXT. So let's get on to some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which kicks off with Alexa Bliss discussing what Lily did last week. She put. Lily in timeout now that they're going back on the road. And then Nia Jack showed up to say that Shayna Baszler will see her at Hell in a Cell this Sunday. And 
she also told her to stop interfering in her career. Uh, I don't know if she said her relationship, but Alexa Bliss basically telling Nia Jax that they were never friends and challenged to her match to a, to a match on Raw. I thought it was a very interesting opening. Uh, everybody again hating on that Alexa Bliss stuff, but I'm here for it. I'm I want to see more Alexa Bliss stuff. I don't I don't care what the other fans say. You know, I only care about me. And that's what I want to see. So bring on Lily. Bring on Alexa Bliss. Bring on Shayna Baszler. I want more. Something I can see people being pissed about, though. Nikki Cross picks up the victory over Charlotte Flair via countout. The match begins. Rhea Ripley shows up almost immediately. The match goes on for a bit. But Charlotte was paying attention outside the ring to Rhea Ripley. Gets counted out. Attacks Nikki Cross afterwards, and Rhea Ripley makes the save. It's like, it just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. It makes absolutely no sense. After that, John yeah. Morrison picked up the victory. Uh, ooh, did Jeff Hardy? No, yeah, no. John Morrison picked up the victory over Jeff Hardy. And uh, John Morrison, at before the match, left Miz up at the uh, the entrance stage by mistake. I thought that was funny. Was, uh, I, I like mm-hmm. this Miz wheelchair gimmick that's going on. He goes back for him, picks him up. Miz, uh, I believe he was on commentary the whole night, but Cedric Alexander came, came out during this. Had no effect on the match. I didn't like the fact that he came out during this because we literally just saw it in Charlotte's match. How does that make sense? Why are you doing back-to-back things? Don't need the back-to-back things. But Cedric cuts a super fire promo after the match. And he called Jeff Hardy a sore winner for, for, I guess, cheering that he won last week. Mm -hmm. And then Cedric mentioned that he regrets not retiring Jeff Hardy and said... That and Jeff said that he would retire if Cedric could beat him. Right then and there, I'm like, wait a minute. This better not be it. Jeff Hardy, though, picks up the victory over Cedric Alexander in a pretty quick match. I liked uh I liked Cedric Alexander attempting that Swanton during this to try to retire Jeff Hardy with his own move. But I'm just happy Jeff Hardy picked up the victory here and he gets to continue. And uh, I still have hopes. Uh, a lot of people are hoping for no more words. His old theme song to come back when the live touring. I love that, that song. theme song. I like both theme songs for sure. So I'm I'm a fan either way. Yeah, for sure. Well, next up was a moment that I was waiting for. A moment that everyone in the entire world was waiting for. Well, except for the audience. Eva Marie made her return to Monday Night Raw to take on Naomi. And guess what? She kind of got the victory. Eva but Marie it was actually Piper Nivens. Yeah, it was supposed huh? to be Eva Marie's match, but it was Piper Niven who wrestled the match instead. Piper completely destroying Naomi. And it annoyed me because commentary had no clue who she was. Who is this woman? And it's like that's that this goes back to 
the millions of times where I say on this podcast, whenever you bring up the UK, the WWE NXT UK, it is a nothing brand. It is a nothing brand. The wrestlers on it are talented. Storyline's great. Matches, awesome. But the brand itself has zero respect from WWE. It's not even on the same level of the WWE NXT level. It is awful. You had that Survivor Series. NXT UK should have been included. They should have already be been fair, having though, this we UK did, stuff. We did, though, at one point. Uh, Kaylee Ray was involved in uh, TakeOver in that War Games match. So we did have NXT UK involved there. We do see Walter in NXT. But again, those are NXT things. Exactly, but that's NXT things. And then if if Dunn or Cole or somebody like that comes up to NXT, they don't get the, who's this guy? No, no, no. forget about no. that. Imagine if Walter showed up on Monday Night Raw and they were just like, who's this? We have no idea who this is. Exactly. I think that that is stupid as commentary because commentary, you're supposed to be knowledgeable. But again, that's, supposed we, to don't, know. we don't know if... Because uh, there's that internet rumor stuff that her name wasn't going to be Piper Niven. So maybe they didn't know her name at that point. But again, well, even commentary looks stupid. It looks it makes NXT UK look bad. And it's just it is super annoying because Piper Niven was she was in the Mae Young Classic. They hyped up Mae Young Classic on TV. So, yeah. And and the, the rumor of her name is Dewdrop. I don't understand it. I don't know why it's just not Piper Niven. I mean, I don't under I my whole grief about this is that UK has zero respect of a brand, and it just sucks. Yet, because yet I know you you watch it religiously. You love it. I only started For watching me? it during the 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 pandemic, basically. Because they were I mean, doing new and exciting things with NXT UK. Exactly. But the thing is, what's the point of whatever you're doing over there on UK if when you come up to the main brand, the commentators, you have the commentators pretend they don't know this person. Also. I mean, if you're going to have somebody come up, if you're going to have somebody come up, you should have a name already selected for this person, for a commentary team to say, especially if it's somebody that's been on a WWE product already. If it's somebody that's brand new, somebody that's been signed to a performance center that we haven't seen on UK or NXT or something like that and comes on to Raw, okay, I'm totally fine with that. But because it's somebody that's been that's under contract, that's wrestled under a name, awful, completely awful and crappy. Also, um, as far as champions go... Walter is the longest reigning modern era champion. Just surpassed 800 days, I believe. And prior to losing to Mako Satamora last week, at 649 days, Kaylee Ray solidifies herself in the history books as not only being one of the longest reigning champions in the modern era, but one of the longest reigning female champions in WWE history. Prior to 
to her reign, you have Rock and Robin at, at 502 days. And then the only person who has more is Fabulous Moolah with the, the 3,600 plus days. It doesn't matter. She fits in between Moolah and Rock and Robin in the history yeah, books. but it doesn't matter. Obviously, it doesn't matter. Right. It makes no difference. She can be champion on the UK brand for 500 days, for 1,000 days. It doesn't matter because it's the UK brand and they don't care about it. Which is so... It's, it's That's just, the unfortunate thing. It's like we can't even rant anymore on that. Like, that's what we've... Like, it's just... It's stupid that they didn't know who she was. And I also think yeah. the amount of people fat shaming and making fun of Piper Niven on Twitter was absolutely disgusting. Like, I get that you guys and girls want more for Naomi. But Eva Marie has nothing to do with the the, the people getting fired or released. Piper Niven has nothing to do with people getting released. And certainly how she looks has nothing to do with any of that. And also, Naomi's been champion before. Get off it. Okay, she deserves better. Yeah, okay, but there's so many people on the roster. She's already had her spot. It makes no sense to to shame someone just because you're unhappy. Right. Some fans just make it very easy to hate them. Yeah, but earlier in the night, we saw Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke doing a photo shoot. And Natalia and Tamina were making some noise in the wrestling ring backstage. And Mandy and Dana asked if they could keep it down. Natty and Tamina kind of give them a strong talking to. It led to a pull-apart brawl, which was broken up. And I thought it was a, a good way to include the tag team champions as well as Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke without actually having to have them wrestle a match. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you. I thought it was nice. I liked the exchange between the both of them where they were just like, hey, maybe if you guys, instead of doing photo shoots and you got in the ring and practice a bit, then you would you would be winning championships. And then the comeback of the rebuttal of the, hey, if you both didn't have the last names that you had, you wouldn't be where you're at right now either. Yeah. You know, I I was a big fan of it. I thought it was it was good. After that, we saw RK-Bro pick up the victory over New Day. I liked RK-Bro using a tag team move in this match, but a double powerbomb, I kind of, I mean, a lot of people freaked out that Randy Orton was using a powerbomb. <laughs> Why? Because he doesn't really use powerbombs, but I just feel like they should have used a different move. I don't know what move, but I want something Yeah, maybe some, something into an RKO. Well, well, talking about the that... RKO, I I love the Woods into the RKO. Yeah, well, the honor roll. Yeah, the honor roll into the RKO. I thought that that was a great spot. The whole ending of this match I thought was really hot. Like Riddle going for that mm-hmm. middle rope German suplex for Xavier Woods to wiggle out of that. And then New Day hits that, that doomsday double stomp. I thought that was about to be it. Matt Riddle kicks out. I was not expecting that. And then, like you said, that honor roll. I thought it was a great end to this this match. The match itself was really good. But the ending yeah. specifically, I thought was really good. 
Yeah, for sure. We saw MVP talk to Kofi Kingston again, basically disrespecting Xavier Woods the most in that segment. But but Kofi Kingston really didn't even give it a chance to have the better of him mentally. You know, he kind of MVP tried to put that negativity in his mind of being like, "Hey, Woods is holding you back." He's, and Kofi well, he said Kofi even, Kofi wasn't the one who lost, but yet you're still a loser. Exactly, but Kofi wasn't even hearing it. Yeah, and he said that you the know? only reason why he's been successful is because of his friends. And he told MVP to move on. Yeah, he, he was just like, if you don't want to get hurt, then you better keep on moving. This but next, next match, though. Rhea Ripley pick up the victory over Asuka. Ties into Nikki um, Cross and Charlotte. A, I don't yeah. get why this match took place in general. But running out of ideas. The way that this feud has been booked, I think at Hell in a Cell it should be a fatal four way. I agree. I I don't know why it's not. Flair attacked Rhea Ripley be. afterwards, gets broken up. Rhea Ripley gets the upper hand. All agents on deck here. Charlotte was bleeding. I thought it was a great segment, but it's just annoying. The way that they've yeah. built up this feud is has not been good. And they've built this mm-hmm. up to the point where it's like, I, I don't, I, are they going to maybe actually have Charlotte Flair pick up the victory and become the new champion? I don't, I don't yeah. want to see that. I agree. I agree. But next up, you had Alexa Bliss pick up the victory over Nia Jax by DQ. Um, the match itself, I liked, I I was a fan of this match. I liked how Alexa Bliss tried to get the advantage over Nia Jax by whipping out that sleeper hold a bunch of times. And then there was that moment where you had Alexa Bliss on the ground and she did like kind of her own variation of uh, what Bray Wyatt used to do. You know, she kind of got on all fours and then just whipped her leg over her arm in a very creepy manner. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. Uh, we did see Reginald distract Alexa Bliss, but she was over. She she was able to overcome, and uh, eventually hit Twisted Bliss. Reginald breaks up the pin, and then she puts him in a trance. Yeah. So. Very interesting to see. I mean, d- does she have control over? Reginald moving forward? Well, no, because Reginald, we saw him snap out of it. Yeah, but who? Yeah, we saw him snap out of it, but, but we easily, don't know yeah, what. Obviously, he could be easily, easily tranced again. <laughs> exactly. Well, not even tranced again. We don't know if there's any effect oh. like lasting on this last one either. Yeah. You know, but next up you had Jackson Riker pick up the victory over Elias by countout. Again. Uh, yeah, again. Elias starts his match off super hot, but they went in they did that countout spot again. And I don't know I don't know what the, the reasoning behind this is. Like Elias it it doesn't make anyone look strong in my opinion. I agree, and it's def- it's not going to help out Riker with getting him over as a face. Not at all. No. But uh, the main uh, event next up... was supposed to Go be Drew it. McIntyre versus AJ Styles. 
ended in a disqualification, and uh, it seemed like Drew McIntyre could have won this match after the Future Shock DDT. But Lashley made his way to the ring. Amos pulls AJ Styles out. The Viking Raiders show up. The match continues. But Drew McIntyre attacked Bobby Lashley at one point, and Lashley gets into the ring and attacks Drew McIntyre. Viking now, Raiders this is step where... in. Uh-huh. I, think, I think it was obvious when they called this match the main event at like 1025 that this was turning into another match. Yeah. But then the thing that I don't like is that they went, went to commercial and then they come back and the match has already started with the, as a three-on-three match. Mm. And you know, Lashley I'm, wasn't I'm never... out there. He had to go get changed. Oh, yeah, that's true. But Drew McIntyre and the Viking Raiders pick up the victory over AJ Styles, Amos, and Bobby Lashley. I can't say I didn't enjoy this match, but I was very annoyed with the setup. I understand that because Viking Raiders are number one contenders. They'll back up Drew McIntyre due to the fact that he's in a match with AJ Styles and Amos is out there. They're both the Raw Tag Team Champions. But it, I, I just, I was super annoyed by that. Um, yeah. We saw AJ Styles tag Bobby Lashley. McIntyre hits Lashley with the Claymore, picks up the victory. I don't know why they'd have Lashley get pinned. Now I feel like it's just the writings on the wall for Lashley to retain at Hell in a Cell. I hope he does retain I think he he deserves to retain. I can't see him walking out as uh, out of Hell in a Cell not being champion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's I Monday totally Night Raw. Moving over to NXT UK. The show kicks off with Wolfgang picking up the victory over Sam Gradwell. Uh, Wolfgang hitting that huge spear to pick up the victory. After that, we saw a video package air of a bunch of women from NXT talking about Mako Satomura picking up the victory and winning the NXT UK Women's Championship last week, including Raquel Gonzalez, the current NXT Women's Champion, who said that she's hoping for an NXT versus NXT UK match at Survivor Series, which... I think that'd be super cool. There's rumors that uh, WWE wants that in Barclays Center. So I'm all for NXT versus NXT UK 100%. And uh, it'd be pretty cool to see that live. But in that video package as well, we saw a male kind of uh, calling Mako Satamora out. She took her spot in the match. Perhaps we'll see a male versus Mako Satamora pretty soon. We saw Kenny Williams pick up the victory over Danny Jones. They also confirmed Rampage Brown versus Joe Coffey versus Ilya Dragunov for next week, which I think is going to be a super hard-hitting match. They had a a little sit-down on this episode of NXT, and they all seemed pretty civil during it, but uh, they they definitely want to hurt each other, it seems. We saw a Supernova Sessions with Jordan Devlin as the guest. They spoke about Jordan Devlin uh, basically being robbed of the Cruiserweight Championship. And Jordan Devlin put the locker room on notice. And later on, he ran into A-Kid. 
So we'll likely see that match perhaps next week, perhaps in two weeks, I'm not sure. We also saw Nathan Fraser pick up the victory over Rohan Raja, who's returning from an injury. And in the main event, we saw Subculture, Flash Morgan Webster, and Danny Luna pick up the victory over Joseph Connors and Ginny. I thought it was a fun match. Uh, I liked when Ginny hit Flash Morgan Webster and Danny Luna hit Joseph Connors, vice versa. Uh, And I I thought uh, it was interesting. Pretty Deadly was on commentary. So I assume we're going to be seeing Pretty Deadly, perhaps, versus Subculture. But I'm not so sure it made sense for them to be on commentary unless Danny Luna is going to be the one facing them for the Tag Team Championships instead of Mark Andrews. But I highly doubt that. Um, I mean, we spoke about NXT UK earlier. Check it out. These matches are great matches. You'll enjoy it. If you like pro wrestling, you'll enjoy it. There's no way you won't. But moving over to SmackDown, Rey Mysterio opened the show, spoke about what Roman Reigns did to Dominic last week, and he called him out just to hear Roman Reigns actually accept the challenge for the Hell in a Cell match that night on SmackDown. Cage ma- uh, the cage lowered for some reason, but Roman Reigns came out just to confirm that that uh, Rey Mysterio actually wants to do this, and Rey Mysterio said yes. First match, we saw Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz pick up the victory over Big E and Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn came out before this started to sit on commentary. I liked the uh, the splash and senton combo that Big E and Kevin Owens did. I thought that was nice. But we saw Sami Zayn go to attack Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens kind of like went towards him and... Uh, Chased Sami Zayn off. He gets into the ring though, and Commander Aziz hits him with that Nigerian nail. Picks up the victory there. After the match, he hits him with the Nigerian nail again. And we saw Kevin Owens backstage demand from Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville a match with Sami Zayn at Hell in a Cell. And Pierce, or not even at Hell in a Cell, but Adam Pierce made it for Hell in a Cell. We saw Shinsuke Nakamura pick up the victory over King Corbin to win King Corbin's crown. So I think it's just Baron Corbin now. But I also think everybody saw this as the outcome of the match. And I I wouldn't mind WWE bringing back the King of the Ring tournament and actually having Nakamura win to get the title. But uh, I mean, I guess it's not really necessary. But now he's King Nakamura. We saw Bianca Belair and Bailey have a face-to-face. At first, Bailey wasn't showing up, but Bianca Belair told her that she wants Bailey inside the Hell in a Cell. And Bailey came out, tried to fight Bianca Belair, but Bianca Belair had the upper hand uh, at first. Bailey then used Bianca Belair's hair to 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 gain the ultimate uh, upper hand. After that. We saw Jimmy Uso tell Roman Reigns that he's got his back. And Roman Reigns said that he doesn't need Jimmy to have his back. He needs Jimmy to go find Jay. Which I didn't understand the flip uh, of Jimmy there. Especially because what I thought would have happened at the end of SmackDown didn't happen. But I'll talk about that in a bit. We were supposed to see Otis versus Angelo Dawkins, but it did not happen. Uh, Otis 
and Chad Gable beating the heck out of, out of Angelo Dawkins before the match. Uh, as far as the before the match stuff goes, I didn't like Dawkins coming out and still like doing his full entrance. If he's pissed off that Otis injured Montez Ford, get in there and get right to business. I think we saw this. I want to say we saw this with uh, Otis once where he'd like, they did a full entrance perhaps. Maybe it wasn't Otis. It was somebody else maybe. I don't know. But if you're pissed off at somebody, don't do your whole entrance. Get out there and, and take out your opponent. But Gable slaps Angelo Dawkins before the match could start. Runs him around outside. Runs into Otis. They continue to beat Dawkins down uh, and end it with a discus clothesline and a German suplex combo, which was a super cool combo. After that, we saw Cesaro have a sit-down interview, asked about uh, Seth Rollins and and, and uh, it going too far. But he said no. He doesn't think it's going too far because Seth Rollins is getting what he deserves. Rollins cuts us off to just to converse with uh, Cesaro. And he said that Cesaro disgusts him. And he's going to put him in his place on Sunday. But before Cesaro left, he pushed Seth Rollins over in his chair. So that's always a funny thing to see. As long as somebody doesn't get hurt. I once uh, once got sent to the principal's office for doing that. <laughs> but the person didn't get hurt. But I still got sent there. Uh, main event though, Roman Reigns picked up the victory over Rey Mysterio inside the Hell in a Cell, the stupid red Hell in a Cell, gosh, do I hate that Hell in a Cell, but Rey Mysterio used a chair to start the match, Roman Reigns gets the chair away from him, and then Rey finds a fire extinguisher and uses that, and basically uses a bunch of weapons after that to control the match for quite a while. We did see a Superman punch, and when Roman Reigns went for a spear, Rey Mysterio dropkicked him to reverse it. Rey kept dodging spears. He ends up hitting a frog splash. He hits a, a 619 also in the corner, but he hits a frog splash with the chair across uh, Roman Reigns' chest. He hits a second frog splash. Roman Reigns kicks out and recovers from that. He power bombs Rey Mysterio out of the ring into the cell's wall. And then ends the match with a guillotine choke. Rey Mysterio tapped out. And the end of SmackDown, we saw Jimmy Uso come out, raise Roman Reigns' arm, and Roman Reigns locked in that, that choke again. I thought that maybe we were going to see Jimmy Uso stop Rey, Roman Reigns from hurting Rey Mysterio. But that didn't happen. And we do have a pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell. So, Rey Mysterio versus Roman Reigns, obviously not happening anymore. But we do have Cesaro taking on Seth Rollins. I'm going to say Cesaro wins that match. Kevin Owens taking on Sami Zayn. I'm going to say Kevin Owens. Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, Alexa Bliss? Unless Fiend shows up and, and causes Alexa Bliss the match there, and then she somehow feuds with the Fiend for some reason. Because she caused him his match. Um, for the Raw Women's Championship, you have Rhea Ripley defending the title against Charlotte Flair. I, unfortunately, I don't want to say it, but I or see it, I should say. But I'm I'm gonna have to say Charlotte Flair here. 
for the SmackDown Women's Championship inside the Hell in a Cell. Bianca Belair is going to be facing off against Bayley. I'm going to say Bianca Belair is retaining that. And then a last chance Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Championship. Bobby Lashley defending the title against Drew McIntyre. I'm going to say the champion retains Bobby Lashley. But that was Hell in a Cell. Going to take a quick break. Here, a word from our sponsor over at manscaped.com. And we'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium. I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed Stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's one for this uh, read at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Folks, we are back here on Marking Out, episode 541. Remember, get all your stuff for trimming your stuff at manscaped.com. Head over there, use the code REGARDLESS. Get 20% off and free shipping. Get the brand new Lawnmower 4.0. I'm going to move over to Impact Wrestling real quick. They had one of their special events this past weekend. Against all odds, Sammy Callahan and Tommy Dreamer teamed up to to defeat the Good Brothers in a street fight. Saw Joe Doran pick up the victory over Kojima. Petey Williams versus Trey Miguel versus Chris Bay versus Ace Austin versus Rohit Raju ended in a no contest, which they later set up. Uh, They announced an ultimate X match for Slammiversary between all of them, plus... Josh Alexander, so that should be fun. W. Morrissey picked up the victory over Rich Swan. Tennille defeated Jordan Grace. Fire and Flava picked up the victory over Kimberly and Susan to retain those knockouts tag team championships. Violent by Design defended their tag team championships successfully to defeat the Decay. 
Deanna Perrazzo coming out as champion, still defeating Rosemary. And the main event saw Kenny Omega pick up the victory over Moose to retain the Impact World Heavyweight Championship, but not without a bunch of baloney. When the referee was down, Max and Jeremy Buck made their huge return to Impact Wrestling. It has been years since Max and Jeremy Buck appeared on Impact Wrestling Television. I have no idea what they've been up to these days, but they interfered. They helped Kenny Omega hit that one-winged angel to win. I don't know if we're going to see more Max and Jeremy Buck in Impact Wrestling or not, but... They pick up the victory. Sammy Callahan shows up. And uh, Don Callis fires Sammy Callahan. Uh, I'm going to speak about BTI again this week. We saw Jake something pick up the victory over Davari. I'm mentioning this because Davari is now back with WWE. So I thought it was kind of funny, kind of cool to see Davari on television there for a different company. But we saw Brian Myers and Sam Beal there ringside. Sam Beal, of course, taking notes for for Brian Myers, uh, his teachings. And after the match, we saw Brian attack Jake something. Sam Beal joined in. Impact Wrestling starts with Gia Miller trying to interview Scott Demore, but he wasn't answering the door. And Moose started pounding on the door. He wanted to address some things with Scott about Against All Odds, and he wanted a rematch against Kenny Omega at Slammiversary. Scott said somebody uh, from Anthem will be there, and uh, it'll be addressed later on. First match of the evening saw TJP pick up the victory over Black Taurus. We saw them later on again, and it seemed like a tag team match is going to be set up between... Uh, the Decay and Fala and TJP. So we'll look out for that. But after the match, Moose attacked TJP. And then he hijacked the, the show. He sat in the ring waiting for Scott. But Chris Saban showed up. We have not seen him in a few weeks. And he takes Moose out. He told Moose to stop worrying about Kenny Omega and to start worrying about him. And then he challenged him to a match and Moose walked off. But it is confirmed, I believe, for Slammiversary, we'll, we'll be seeing uh, Chris Sabin versus Moose. Uh, after that, we saw Josh Alexander dis- defeat Madman Fulton. I really enjoyed this match. I think um, Madman Fulton's a great talent. Josh Alexander, of course, growing more and more into a, a really... Not that he isn't already a fantastic talent, but he could be the main event of Impact Wrestling, 100%. I think that about Madman Fulton as well. But while the referee was counting the pin, Ace Austin ran into uh, to attack uh, Josh Alexander. So as soon as Josh Alexander won that match, boom, Ace Austin was there attacking uh, Josh Alexander. Petey Williams ran down. Took out Ace Austin. Rohit Raju attacked Petey Williams. And then Trey Miguel ran out. Took out Rohit Raju. Shira shows up. Takes out Trey Miguel. Takes out Petey Williams. Takes Josh Alexander out. We saw Deanna Perrazzo backstage yelling at Kimberly and Susan. And she said that she's done with both of them. Next week, I think Deanna Perrazzo has a match against... 
I want to say Susan. I don't quite remember. It could definitely be Kimberly. It's one of the two. W. Morrissey was interviewed about Against All Odds. And he spoke about how everyone seems to be friends in Impact, but it doesn't work out for any of them. So he's just there. I don't need friends. No Enzo coming to Impact Wrestling. Steve Macklin picked up the victory over Jason Page, making uh, his debut match there. Good debut match for Steve Macklin. And I think it's cool to see him like super fired up and wrestling again in, uh, in, in here on this episode. It was a really good debut for Macklin. We saw Tennille pick up the victory over Rachel Ellering. Caleb with a K held on to Rachel's leg at one point behind the referee's back. And Tennille took advantage of that, but the match was able to, to go on. And later on, Caleb with the K distracting Rachel Ellering again with that ring light. And uh, Tennille was able to roll her up, pick up the victory there. Fire and Flava went around backstage asking people who the baddest team in Impact Wrestling history was. And nobody could answer and they were looking for them as the answer. But Rosemary cuts this off. She was backed up by Jessica Havoc. They attacked Fire and Flava. And Kiera Hogan was dumped into a garbage bin. And there just so happened to be a garbage bag with the name Mickey on it which is obviously referring to the WWE's release of Mickey James and how they sent their stuff in garbage bags labeled with their names on it. But perhaps at Slammiversary, maybe we'll see Chelsea Green and Mickey James team up, maybe win the, the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. I think that's a, a, a definite, definite possibility. After this, Kojima picked up the victory over Rhino. Good match. Kojima ends it with that lariat. And Eric Young was was visibly pissed off at that. Next week, now, uh, Kojima and Eddie Edwards get a, a tag team title shot at Violent by Design. Do I see them winning? Not necessarily, but that was why Eric Young was pissed. We saw Sammy Callahan come out, yell for, for Don Callis, yell for Kenny Omega. He said nobody fires him, so he was pissed. Scott Demore comes out. He's like, I'm on your side, Sammy. And Sammy's like, you know what? I'm going to leave. Hacks himself out of the segment. Don Callis comes out, yells at Scott Demore, vice versa. Tommy Dreamer shows up, and it turned out that he was the Anthem executive. I was hoping for Dixie Carter. I think it would have been a huge pop if it was Dixie Carter. Um, but I'm happy with Tommy Dreamer in that authority role. We've seen it with Wrestle House a little bit. But Tommy Dreamer said that he's reinstated Sammy Callahan and that somebody has to be fired. And Scott thought it was going to be him, but it turned out to be Don Callis. Don Callis is fired from Impact Wrestling uh, and... Before Callis was able to leave, Callahan caught him. Sammy Callahan caught up to Don Callis and said that he's coming for Kenny Omega. So it is also confirmed that at Slammiversary, the main event, we're going to see Kenny Omega versus Sammy Callahan. That was Impact Wrestling. Hey, Brandon, got any shout outs?
Hello there, this is Randy Newman, and you're listening to Brandon Shoutouts, because you got some shoutouts from Brandon. Now, when do I get paid? Ned Beatty passed away this week at the age of 83. Some of uh, some of you might know him from Network, Superman, Deliverance, maybe uh, Roseanne. He played Dan Connor's father. Something else, perhaps. But to me, quite possibly the biggest heel in the Toy Story universe, Lotso Huggin' Bear. Uh, I think it's funny when I went to Disney World for Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Lotso was one of the most over people there. The the costume really? characters, yeah. All the kids wanted pictures with Lotso. Biggest heel, almost killed the whole cast of Toy Story. The kids just don't get it this day and age. No, they don't, but Ned Beatty, rest in peace, thoughts and prayers to, to his family, his friends. And uh, I'll always remember Lotso Huggin' Bear the most. Uh, next shout-out goes to In the Heights. I watched it last week on HBO Max. I thought it was really good. I kind of wish I got to see it on Broadway. I saw it. I heard that it got really bad reviews. I don't and that, think so. Yeah, I heard it got bad reviews, and then I uh, it didn't break the. It came in number two in the spots too. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's ninety six percent tomato meter or whatever, and ninety five overall audience score. All right, there you so, go. I don't I know. Maybe the wanna... maybe the box office was not so hot, but uh, potentially. But um, again, what is it I about? Mean, I think everybody right now is recovering from COVID. With uh, not everybody's rushing out there to get to the movies. What is it about? It's about uh, Washington Heights, just the the Latinas, Latinos of Washington Heights mm-hmm. in New York City. And it's a musical, so you'd enjoy it. Yeah, probably. I'm sure. But my last shout-out goes to Don West. Uh, it was announced this past week that he's been diagnosed with a brain lymphoma. Hi. So I just wanted to send well wishes to Don West and... Hopefully he gets better and pulls through with that. Yeah, for sure. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... Our moment of the week. That is right, our mark-out moment of the week. I'm going to say one of mine, at least, was the the Waze gear at In Your House. We did not see Indy Hartwell. We did not see Cancel Ray, and we did not see Austin Theory. But prior to TakeOver, Johnny Gargano posted photographs of all of them, plus their dog, dressed up as, obviously, we saw Johnny Gargano at TakeOver was Shawn Michaels. Austin Theory, Big Daddy Cool, they, uh, Diesel. We saw Razor Ramon, uh, Indy Hartwell's Razor Ramon, and Candice LeRae as One Two Three Kid, and then Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae's dog as Triple H. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's unfortunate that because of this, uh, their dog is not going to have that push that it could that it was supposed to have now. Yeah, instead Prince Presley's been on NXT television. Yeah, Prince. 
Presley's supposed to be like the next Stone Cold Steve Austin now. The next Bart thing? Is that uh, stupid? <laughs> <laughs> that is stupid. I feel like Prince Presley will at least get a WWE t-shirt before the end of their career. I agree. I can see that. I can see that. And quite frankly, stupid that, that Prince Presley hasn't had a t-shirt yet. <laughs> but then again, Frankie Monet doesn't have a t-shirt, so. Mm-hmm. Also, Eva Marie um, doesn't have a new t-shirt. You would think when you're re-debuting Eva Marie, you'd, boom, WWE shop, buy the buy the merch, brother. Get the shirt. I know. Um, For me, I'm going to say that I marked out for Dark Side of the Ring and the A&E biography stuff and also the treasure. Um, I finally got a chance to catch up on a lot of them. And some of it is just mind-blowing. Uh, the stories that you're hearing and but then like this stuff with treasure i'm hooked on as well because for the record it's WWE's i think it's most so, wanted treasures yeah most ha- uh wanted treasures i'm like hey they went to long island again the other day hmm. well not the other day but for iron cheeks uh, i was like boots. i don't remember them go to long island the other day <laughs> yeah <laughs> for iron cheeks uh iron cheeks boots um and something that I found very, very weird that I guess I didn't mark for, but it was just like a what the heck. Uh, do you know how old Hulk Hogan was at WrestleMania 3 versus Andre the Giant? 40? 42? 33 years old. 33. Wow. Younger than you. <laughs> yeah, he was 33 years old. At WrestleMania three, when he faced Andre the Giant, and it's like, but like Arn Anderson, he was always one of those guys that looked uh, older. Yeah, I, I, that's just. I mean, hell, Ric Flair too. I mean, there was a point where Ric Flair was young, but then it was like, boom! All of a sudden, Ric Flair just uh, looked like Ric Flair. Yeah, I mean, Andre the Giant at the time at WrestleMania three, he was forty years old. Yeah, that's crazy. But, yeah, to realize how young... Like, I I didn't dive into it, but I really want to see how old some of these... Like, Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior, all these That's wrestlers... Like when were. Undertaker debuted at Survivor Series, I think he was 26. Dude, I was blown away with that Icon series on Yokozuna, which I think is one of the best documentaries that I saw. Uh that he Yokozuna was 26 years old as the champion. Yeah. You know, I I think that's insane and crazy that because watching this as a kid you're full blown but you would never expect them to be that young. And, um, but like even I guess now, when you're that young but like later on even they had like even younger champions like tack Ray on Ripley. tack on like 20 or 30 years from now People will be looking back and be like, I can't believe Nicholas was eight years old when he won the tag team championships <laughs> at WrestleMania. I know. And Rhea Ripley's only 24. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy when you see the age of some of these uh, Dominic, though, these wrestlers. Said, Dominic's at what, 24 also or something? He, he was I, the I same age. So. He was, he's the same age that Rey Mysterio was when, when Rey first won the WCW tag team champions, I think, championships. Just mind blowing, and some uh, another cool fact that I kind of was really intrigued by was that when Ultimate Warrior was in the WWF as Ultimate Warrior with his championship run and stuff, 
he was only in the business for five years. Yeah. And that was on and off of wrestling with barely any real wrestling under his belt and how he was just difficult to work with and stuff. And it was only five years. But I would have loved to see a Jake the Snake run. Yeah. I think that that would have been really cool. But but you mentioned yeah, Andre the a... Giant before. Uh, on WWE's Most Wanted Treasures, they had Big Show and Mark Henry out looking for Andre the Giant stuff. So it was really cool to see things that they... Uh, they I don't know. I feel like WWE would have already had stuff like this, but... They were able to get a, a passport of Andre the Giant, his ring jacket that, like, when did Andre the Giant even wear a ring jacket? Um, I feel like I've seen him wear stuff like that in the promos. Uh, a ring jacket. Mm, I don't know, but they picked up a giant machine mask, which was cool as well. Um, but a huge markout moment for me and, like, a, a realization which I have to assume is is true, but also I don't know because the information that came along with it was false. But at Big Show's house, they were going through a box, and Big Show shows AJ Francis a picture, and he's like, do you recognize this? And he goes, the SmackDown fist was modeled after my fist. And he shows him the picture. The picture was from 2008, so it was definitely not 2001 Big Show. Like, that was the picture that it was based off of. But I have to believe that the the actual SmackDown fist is based off of Big Show's hand. No way. And if it's not, then we all got worked. But I'd like to believe Big Show here and and think that it was 100% modeled after him. And I thought that was super cool because never once thought about it. Never, Never even, like... Never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. I I think that this stuff on A&E is fantastic TV, and I really hope that they sign on for more series. Yeah, I would love a, a second series for both the biographies and most wanted treasures. There's, like, so many things. I even – I don't know if WWE would have it even, but – this past week, I think it was 20 years it marked since the higher power angle. No, it would be 22, 22 years, I think. 23, 25 mm-hmm. years. One of something like that. 20, 23. One of those years. But it marked the, the anniversary of the higher power angle with Vince McMahon. I would love to see that robe displayed because it's such an iconic moment in professional wrestling. Yeah, with the it's it was me Austin, me all along. Yeah, there's like so many things that I would love to see. Like they on this show they got the original like an original design, Mister Sacco, but it's not the first Mister Sacco. Like where is that Mister Sacco? The world may never know. But that is the markout moment of the week, and that is episode five hundred forty one. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, MarkingOut.com, Twitch.tv slash MarkingOut. Use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping over at Manscaped.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com slash MarkingOut11. That's also our Instagram. Uh, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut. Follow us collectively on Twitter at MarkingOut.com. 
me on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161, Chris at Chris Sweendog, Dave on Twitter and Instagram at DavidPTDPT, and go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Pick up the brand new design. Thank you so much to everybody who's already purchased that t-shirt. And we wish you the, the... best of luck in your, your future, future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week.